and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through actionable legal, tax, money, and business topics. I'm Braden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator. If you are ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, you are in the right place. But before we fully dive in, here is a quick word from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my free training, The Three Legal and Tax Mistakes Made by New and Experienced Business Owners and How You Can Avoid Them. Here's the thing. There's a few key things we've all got to do to make sure we unfuck our biz. I've seen all the mistakes and I know how to help you get past them. So here's what I want you to do. Go to www.unfuckyourbiz.com, sign up for the free training, watch it, and do at least one of the homework assignments I share in the masterclass. Promise? Okay, now let's dive into the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden, and today I am joined by Miss Jody Brandon. Hi, Jody. Hi, Brayden. Thanks for How's having it going? Me. It's good. You know what? I just watched a YouTube video this weekend on how to do better podcast intros. And as I was saying it, I realized I was doing your intro all wrong. Oh. <laughs> but it's okay. Wah, wah. <laughs> I, was saying, I, gotta t- I gotta take notes <laughs> next time. They said they said that you should start with all their accolades and then finish with their name. Oh, hmm, interesting. Oh, um, like a buildup. Yeah, got you gotta that. like you gotta like hype up the guests, right? Okay. Well, like, I, I got mean- I got to brag about you. So Jody is an award-winning, I don't even know. You're fantastic, but I didn't get <laughs> all the It's not really a thing. It's not no. really a thing in publishing. <laughs> oh, go Jody. Well, tell my, since, since I didn't do any of the background work, why don't you go ahead and tell my audience what exactly <laughs> it is that you do and what your background is? So sure, I can, I can do the heavy lifting for you. Happy to. Uh, So I am a book publishing partner for business owners and entrepreneurs who want to write a book to serve their business in some way. Uh, My background is in traditional book publishing, and I realized as I, you know, moved on and started working with entrepreneurs that they don't know jack about book publishing. Um, So I I kind of became that bridge between the entrepreneur world and the book publishing world. And my background is in editing, copy editing specifically, um, and it's sort of grown from there to being you know, a book writing coach. Um, and now I just call myself a partner because I kind of do all the things. Nice. So when you were at, you were you working like in-house at a publishing company doing the copy editing? Several, yeah. Yeah. I graduated from college and like moved to New York 13 days later because I knew like that's where the big publishing houses are. Okay. So, so you're like hustle on New York City and your high heels. Yeah. And did you have uh-huh. like, did you have like a giant desk with just like papers strewn across it that you were editing all the time? Um, I didn't have a giant desk. I had a small cubby <laughs> filled with yeah, piles do. and piles and piles of paper. Okay, yeah, <laughs> everything was everything was still on paper then, because um, the pu- book publishing industry is archaic and very slow to modernize. So even like five years ago, like they're still editing on paper a lot of places, which is bananas. So what do you do? Do you just edit on the computer? Now I edit fully on the computer, except like a final proofread. Like I print out and, and do it on paper just because there's very little change change at that point because the, the heavy lifting is done. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, no matter how good your eyes are, you're still, they're still human eyes and yeah, for the final perfect, so. So um, yeah. Jody, what happens, like, what is your mental state of mind when you read a book, like maybe after it's been published and it's on a Barnes and Noble bookshelf and you read a book that you've edited and you find one single typo? Oh my gosh. It makes me, <laughs> it makes me so mad. <laughs> Well, first, what I do, honestly, the truth is I go back to the files of that client and see if I found the typo and they just didn't make the correction because then I blame them and not me, which that's is awesome. awful, number one. No, that's, that's fair, though. That's even worse. That's fair, though, because so I, pro I buried this lead a little bit, but Jody is my book coach. That's why we have Jody on the podcast today. And also, you did my all my book edits. But I will tell you, um, I had to be very careful because in the beginning, I got in such a groove of just uh, accepting all your Google uh -huh. recommendations that I know I accepted several that were common. Yes. So if you, when you do your second edit, if there's anything where you're like, damn it, Brayden, I told you to fix this. I was probably a comment that I, I just asked. We, yeah, I thought we addressed this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens because it's such a, like that part of the process is so tedious. Like there's no way, we talk about this all, the, like my editor friends and I talk about this all the time. But if there could just be a way in like a Google Docs and Microsoft Word to return a document to say like, hey, accept all of these things that are like just grammar related that you don't give a shit about. And then like, here are the things you really need to pay attention to, but that that doesn't exist. Yeah. So you as the author have to go through every single thing one by one. And then like, you don't care about like comma. Most of you don't care about like comma placement and why no. you need to spell out that number versus like use the number. And I mean, so, like yeah. in my own writing, I do care, but it's also like, you know a lot more than I do, so why would I question it? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate that quality in the client, frankly. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a tedious process. So things do get missed. And every, listen, I've written three books. Every one of them has typos It's or something wrong. Like, it, it's just impossible right. when you're dealing with the human. I was going to say, I can write a file, like, I can write, like, a 2,000-word blog post and proofread that damn thing five or six times, and it's still going to have. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, even and with a book, I mean, bet, between the two of us, we probably went through it what more than a hundred times, I would bet. Oh, girl, I I definitely did not. You didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I I wrote it. I wrote it. Well, I did wrote it once, and then I did one developmental edit, uh -huh. and then a second developmental edit. Okay. All right. Well, most people go through it a few more times than that. <laughs> I mean, I went through it at least 15 times from oh start my to God, finish. Jody. Well, despite the fact that I only went through it twice, I can promise you all it's a great book. Go buy a copy. <laughs> it is a great book. It's very, very educational. But I go through it, like, I do go through, like, pretty slowly, though. I can't, like, I, I can't skim. And mm -hmm. also, like, is, can you even really skim if you're editing to begin with? I guess yeah. you, you- Well, can, I mean, I guess you could, but you're not doing a very good job. Right. You could skim if you're like just looking for missing words or something, I guess. But yes. not really. No. For grammar. Yeah. Okay. Fun. I had another, I had another question teed up. Oh yeah. So 
this is I'm mean, great interviewing Brayden. It's also I just woke up and like haven't really started my coffee. So here we are. It's all right. So here we are. when you were when you were like in your like in your big girl job in New York City, all your dreams mm-hmm. have come true. At what yeah. point in time did you decide to go start your own business and how did you decide that it would be working with entrepreneurs? Did you just kind of fall into it or Well, the entrepreneur part I kind of fell into it. The starting, I mean the business part of it started because when I started working again, New York city, um, editorialist, the the industry is very, like I said, archaic, like everyone starts as an editorial assistant period. Then you like move up the ladder, just like everybody else does. There's no skipping steps. There's no any of that. And every editorial assistant at every big publishing house at that time started at $18,000 as your salary, which yeah, is not a lot of money. Um, again, particularly in New York city. So yeah, you could, so, you could afford like a cot and like, a, like mm-hmm. a cot in an apartment and like a hot dog. Yeah, so they're everything. very, very quickly. I realized there were like two types of editorial assistants in New York. There were the type that were being subsidized by their parents and they lived like with one roommate on the Upper West Side. And then there were other people who were not being subsidized by their parents who were living on the Upper East Side, the Upper West Side, Brooklyn or New Jersey in a two bedroom apartment, but with like six other people. Uh, Because again, $18,000 is not a lot of money. Um, So I, on principle, refused to be subsidized by my parents, even if that offer had been on the table. (laughs) That's very very Enneagram one of you, Jody. Yes. Yeah. No, our agreement was I could go to New York and stay if I could find a job by like X date. Otherwise, like get your ass back to Pennsylvania and find like a real job. Um, so I was determined and I found myself a job and I, like, I remember when I called home and I was like, I got a job. And my dad was like, he did not give a crap. He was like, what's, how much are you making? That's all he cared about. And I was like, dad, I was like, check this out. $18,000. $18, and he's like, dollars. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, I'll never forget like the silence. And then he was like, do you understand that's less than your mother and I paid for one year of college tuition for you? And I was like, I did not understand that. (laughs) Not really registering. So, I mean, that first of all, the subsidizing your child in New York City was not going to be an offer on the table (laughs) from Bud and Kathy Brandon. I can tell you that. But even if it had been, I would have been like, no way. I was determined to like do it on my own. So I ended up like in this like crap apartment in in New Jersey, um, which I mean, I love New Jersey, but it was not like the best situation. Like our downstairs neighbor got robbed at gunpoint, like in the building. I mean, it was like, not great. What <laughs> like, happens, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. So I was, so I had to start subsidizing my income. And so I start. I realized also very quickly that everyone in New York who's an editor subsidizes their income by taking freelance copy editing projects. So I, that's how I started like my, my side hustle. And then, um, then a couple people eventually came to me and they were like, Hey, I'm working on another book. I loved working with you. I want to self publish the book this time so that I have more control over the process. And at that point, self publishing was like just becoming like a validated form of publication or publishing. Like it used to be like this, we only self publish if we can't get a book deal kind of situation. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. And then like the magic question came, like, what do you charge? And I was like, hello, (laughs) now we're talking. Like $18,000. Yes, per project. Um, (laughs) So I can make up for some lost time here. So that's like how I started doing it. And then I realized 
you know, like most entrepreneurs in our businesses, you're being asked the same things over and over again. They really, they needed copy editing, but they actually needed a lot more than that they, because they didn't know how to self-publish. Oh, God knows I need, I, they needed. Yeah. Yeah, like, All kinds but of why would you? Because you've, I mean, that's not your industry, so. No, it's actually like going through this publication process is really, it's really helped remind me of like where all my students are with like their legal and tax shit. Because yeah. it's like, oh yeah, there's these 80 different things you have to file in, like only God knows what order you need to file them in and where you go to do them and all this other kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and it's second nature to you. Yeah, I'm. yeah, it's, yeah. So yeah, you forget. I, I had a business coach a few years ago and we were talking about like messaging for a new service I was offering. And she was like, I literally didn't understand one word you just said. She's like, I'm sure it's great. She's like, but you're talking in book publishing language. She goes, and I don't have any idea what that means. Yeah. And like, I was like, draw it back. got it. Yep. So when you were, when you were in your publishing gig or so, yeah, when you were at the book publisher, what were, what book type of books primarily were you working on? I worked, I worked on, you kind of get pigeonholed because you get paired with an editor mm -hmm. and whatever kind of books they work on, like that's all they work on. So I, my first job was, um, it was cookbooks and coffee table books, like four color illustrated, beautiful, beautiful books. That sounds pretty um, awesome. That, it was fantastic. Um, I would work on cookbooks again in a heartbeat. I loved working on cookbooks. Um, but then to move up in publishing, another little fun fact is you have to move to a different publisher almost always. There's very little like, oh, I'm just going to stay at Simon & Schuster and like work my way up. Yeah, you know, I don't like, like, I don't really know anything about anything, but that feels like a broken system. Uh, well, yeah, because it's the, it's the same way it's been for 50 years. Yeah. I'm just it's, imagining, like, when you talk about the cookbooks, I really, I just, this is what I've been picturing the whole time, but then it's funny you say cookbooks. I just picture that scene from Master, or from Julie and Julia, her uh, book editor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, it was super fun, like, because I got to go to, like, you know, recipe development days and cookbook photo shoot days. I mean, yeah, it's all, those are fun books to work on. Um, yeah, that's sounds But then cool. when I moved, I moved to... A publisher that did different kinds of books and then I moved to another a small publisher um, and they were a niche publisher and they did career and business books and that's how I like really got involved with like business books and working like with business owners and entrepreneurs and stuff. Gotcha okay so now that you're working with entrepreneurs I have kind of a random question so I was bitching about this with some people yesterday about how so many entrepreneurs do this like bullshit free plus shipping book business and I mean, it could be totally valid, but maybe it's just my own like jaded, bitter personality. But whenever I see that, I'm like, this book is probably awful. And if it were actually free, why would I need to pay $15 for shipping? And why wouldn't it just be a free ebook download on your website? So from your experience, do you feel like, do you feel like it's like very hit and miss with entrepreneur publishers or with entrepreneur authors on how seriously they're taking it? Oh, how seriously they're taking it. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Because some of them actually, like, I mean, it's hard because everybody defines what, like, a, like what is the book going to do for you? Everybody defines that so differently. So it's hard to compare, you know, like, what you want to do with your book to what this client wants to do with their book to what this client wants to do with their book. Um, but we look at it all the same from outside. And we're like, why are they doing that? That's stupid. <laughs> like, but, but for them... I mean, maybe they don't care about making money on the book. Maybe they're just like, it just interested in, you know, like getting the book to 5,000 people. Now, why you're doing that, I don't know. 
to me, that doesn't really make sense. But like, if you could explain it to me in a way that made sense, then sure, I'll help you do that. Yeah. Well, um, usually, usually the free book is entering you into some kind of funnel and then they know they're going yeah. to make a lot more money on that. So, okay. Interesting. So I like, I just assume that my motives for writing a book are very similar to everyone else's, but I'm curious what, like, what do you think is the most common reason that most entrepreneurs are writing, writing a book? Um, because, because everybody wants to write a book. I mean, like 90, like that old New York times survey or study or whatever it was like 90, like 90% 90 of people want to write a book. Yeah. Because everyone thinks it's like the super hard, like <laughs> great accomplishment to do it when it's, I mean, it's not that complicated. Like, does it take some time and effort? Sure. But it's not like any harder than anything else. I mean, for um, me, figuring out how to sell the book is harder than the writing the book part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for a lot of people it is because I mean, it's just, you're also like, I mean, as a business owner, you've got to figure out how you're positioning it within your business so that and we've talked about this a million times so that it's not taking away from the other things that you're trying to sell that are much more, you know, appealing for you to have people buying a $2,000 course versus like a $25 book. Right. You know what I mean? So it, yeah, it's, it's really a matter of positioning it properly. And a lot of people come to me without that bigger picture and you've got to have, you have to see, you have to know how it's going to fit in before you like do all the work. Yeah. Otherwise. Totally. Yeah. For me, I feel like with the book writing process, I mean, it was like, I knew it was going to be a big endeavor, but I was trying to explain this to a friend yesterday because I was telling her like my background, I've done three Ironman triathlons. I'm going to start training for my fourth and I've done several marathons. And she was like, why do people with white collar jobs like to run so much? I was like, <laughs> I was like, usually because I actually read this in a blog post. They said that a lot of people with white collar jobs are very goal oriented. And in most of their careers, there's not like a definitive finish line where they can like check it off. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. so I was like, that's like the big reason why. But also I feel like training for that kind of stuff, it does give you, it does give you mental stamina for other areas in your life because you're mm -hmm. basically just trained it's i mean obviously it's a physical activity but more so it's mental just to like lace up your shoes every day and go run when yeah. you don't want to so it builds up the mental stamina mm -hmm. to go through tedious acts basically that makes sense yeah yeah that makes like, sense. like do i really want to do this today no but like it's not going to be that bad and i'll be happier like once i finish it once you're done yeah just get yeah. your shit done this mm -hmm. is like my life motto <laughs> it's a good life motto <laughs> yeah just get your shit done really get your shit yeah. done yeah Okay, so I'm going to flip the script a little bit. And I told everyone, I told Jody this is going to be kind of awkward because normally I'm not like interviewing people about me on my podcast, but spoiler <laughs> alert, I'm trying to promote my own book here. So I'm going to try to make it, I already made it awkward, but this is what's happening. Like this Good. is just, this is just Do what's it. happening. So since you, obviously you were like my book coach and my editor, so a little bit different, but you're really the only person that's read the book besides me so far. Mm. So what would you tell people the book is about? I would tell people the book is like the foundational, like tax and legal information you need when you're getting your business started. Or if you, even if you're past getting started and maybe you kind of half-assed things or like didn't know what you were doing and just kind of were like, oh yeah, no, I'm a business owner. Um, it's like a step-by-step, -step, like, hey, here's how you get your shit organized so that you're not like in a crap position moving forward. Yes. Love that. Okay. And why should they buy it? 
um, they should buy it because you know what the hell you're talking about. Like you're the expert here. Um, and you can tell them exactly what they need to know and where to go to find like further information that, cause you know, you're not writing an encyclopedia. I feel like you could have. I, I, like, yeah. I feel like if I hadn't like reined it in a little bit, the book would have been way longer, but that's well, fine. You know, okay. So, you know, you originally said to target 60,000 words mm -hmm. and my final copy was like 60,900. I know. No, you did great. Yeah. I know that I told you that, but I still was expecting that first draft to come in at like 94,000 words. I'm not going to lie. Were you, were you really? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I do. Sometimes I do feel like I stretched it a little bit. Like after I finished the first draft, it was like 56, 57. And then I went through the, due to my developmental edits, I earmarked certain areas that could use like some more explanation. Yeah. No, that's exactly what you should do. You did, no, you did it like, I mean, like I call it the right way. I'm doing air quotes, but yeah, no, I appreciate that. In the client Nailed it. Yeah, Great. but you can't, I mean, like you can't include everything. I mean, or you could, but like, man, like you've got, especially with like a topic like this, that's, I mean, it's a, it's a lot. Like there's math, there's like, it's not like you're just reading and then being like, oh, here's my action step. I'm going to go like redefine my brand vision. No, like there's actual work to do with this book. Yes. Um, so it's, it would have been very easy, I think, for you to get, not like carried away, but like try and show everything that you know. And in the meantime, like you're losing the reader because they're like, I don't know what the F he's talking about. Like, I don't even know what he wants me to do. Like, it's very clear what you want readers to do. And yeah, you gotta, you, well, you got to give people action steps, right? Yes. So that's the goal. There's action steps at the end, end of each chapter because... Jody told me to do that. Yes. And I think that's going to be super helpful for everyone. Yeah, readers, readers like those signposts. Like, yes. here's where I'm supposed to be. No confusion. These are the exact things I'm supposed to be doing at this point. And, and that's going to help me move forward, like to the next chapter. So I'm ready. Otherwise, so, you get to the end of the book and you're. Question for you, Jody. Wow. Everyone's been asking me if I'm going to do an audiobook, especially all my beta readers. They were mm -hmm. like, would voice memo me laughing like after they read certain sections? Mm -hmm. And they were like, please tell me that you're going to record this in your own voice for an audiobook. And I don't know, like, apparently they just think that my grading voice will make it even more funny. Um, but do, do you think, do you think that I could record an audiobook in my home office or do I got to go do the full studio setup? You can do it in your own office. I would definitely then get an editor. Yeah. Um, but honestly, first of all, definitely record an audiobook because audiobooks are the fastest growing segment of the book publishing industry still. Um, so definitely record an audiobook. But you can do an audiobook in like one day. Like it only takes a few hours to you record said it. You said you said that you've told me that before, but I'm like, I'm anticipating that this audiobook's going to be like five to six hours. Right. But um, it, I mean, if you read super, I mean, if you read slow, maybe, but I think you could probably record it in one day. So it's not like you're booking like a week's worth of studio time. So, I mean, like you got to like budget it out and all that and see what makes the most sense. Because if you're hiring like a high level editor, and doing it in your office, it might end up like the cost might end up washing out. Okay. I mean, fair. I'm not enough of an expert of that to know. Um, but I'll go look into it. But everyone that's listening, stay tuned for an audiobook. It'll definitely happen. I want sure. I kind of wanted to get the audiobook ready for the actual book release. That's probably not gonna happen. It's probably gonna be about a month or so later, but it's gonna be great. 
And I will, I will tell everyone if you're holding out for the audiobook, you're probably going to want to buy the physical copy of the book anyway, because the book has a lot of math problems in it. And those aren't going to mm -hmm. translate super well over audio. Yeah. So. That'll, yeah. What I actually do, so I've listened to like four personal finance audiobooks over the past several weeks, and I'm going to listen to a mm -hmm. couple more. And there were like the one or two that I enjoyed the most, like now I'm going to order the actual book. And then I kind of keep those in my office as my like reference books, mm -hmm. if that makes mm -hmm. sense. That's a very business owner thing. Yeah. Like my business, I do that too. And other business owner friends that I have do that. But like everyone like else in my real life is like, you already read it. Why do you need it? Well, listen to it. Yeah. So I have physical. And I'm like, yeah, that's not how, that's not how we roll. <laughs> I know. I have physical copies of Traction, Profit First, Think and Grow Rich, and like mm -hmm. two other books. And all mm -hmm. of my other books I've read once and gotten rid of. So now I just listen to the audiobook and I only, because I'm, you know, leaning really hard into minimalism. I only buy the actual yeah. book if I know that I want to like keep it, yeah. reread it and reference it. Right. So my goal, that's my goal for my book, for the Unfuck Your Biz book, is that people will get the ebook or listen to the audiobook and they'll love it so much that I'm like, I need to have this on my nightstand so I can mm -hmm. read Braden's writings at all hours of the day at any given there time. There you go, yeah. Goals. Well, and maybe, I mean, through osmosis too, they can get smarter about their taxes. Yeah, just put it on your pillow. Sleeping. Yeah. Right under your pillow. You never know. Okay, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Jody. I know you have other things to do. You're a busy woman. So I appreciate you. Are too, buddy. You're a busy, busy guy. I'm a, I'm a busy gal. I appreciate you. <laughs> busy guy. I say all that. I always say a busy woman all the time. So it makes me a little bit more fun. <laughs> all right. So everyone that's listening, if you want to check out the book, uh, go download the free chapter of my book at www.bradendrake.com forward slash books. Also, Jody just launched a membership for other entrepreneurs that want to get into book writing. And the doors may now be closed, but if they want to follow you, it's at Jody Brandon Editorial on Instagram, right? Mm hmm. Yep. Okay. At Jody Brandon. Jody, yeah. Jody Brandon Editorial everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you have. Do you have like any awesome like guides or anything they should check out if they're like totally new and foreign to this kind of um, Yes. If you're just like thinking about it, um, I have a great uh, book brain dump exercise slash action plan. Um, and that sounds like it might not be, you can relate to this brain because it sounds like it won't be that exciting, but I just did this exercise with somebody live um, on a coaching call. And afterwards, she literally, like, she sat back and she goes, holy shit, that exercise is actually incredible. I was like, well, I feel like I have a new testimonial here. Wow. I wish I'd been recording you. Don't you always, so. but don't you always like when they insert the word actually, because that gives a lot of <laughs> implications as to their feelings. Yes. Yeah. That she thought it was going to be a total waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I love so. that. But that's a oh. good, like, get started. And then it has some action steps and follow-ups and all of that. So. That's yes. Also, we should note, everyone should go subscribe and listen to the Write, Publish, Market podcast. Please. I would love it. Yeah. Yes. So Write, Publish, Market, that's Jody's podcast. Fun tip for all of you that are listening, because I know you're all business owners. This is something that I've learned in my business is I've, I've gotten really into tracking where all my lead sources come from. And this is pretty obvious, but generally the best thing to always do is to promote uh, channel to channel whenever you're doing this kind of stuff. So if I'm on a podcast, I should promote my podcast. If I'm on a Facebook live, I should promote my Facebook group. So I made sure that we got your podcast, your, pod I <laughs> your podcast. That. That's a good little, that's a good 
tip. It's a good yeah, tip. Yeah, it's a good tip because if my listeners are listening to my podcast, it means that they're actually a podcast right. listeners, right? Yeah. Okay. Listen, makes sense. Yeah, such a revelation. It gets by you, buddy. <laughs> I love Nothing it. gets my brain. In. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jody, for coming on. I appreciate it. It was fantastic. Thanks for having me. Good luck with the book. Thank you. All right. So everyone, if you love the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. If you hated it, you can unsubscribe. Either way, it's <laughs> fine. It's totally cool. Uh, but tell all your friends, share, and I hope to see you here on the Unfuck Your Biz podcast next week. Have a good one. Hey there. Before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.